0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations upon all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. In these last weeks of year A in the lectionary cycle, we have been reading the 25th chapter of Matthew's Gospel and listening to Jesus give his disciples some farewell instructions before he faces his death. He's been telling them to be prepared for his return, something they will never know when to expect, a happening that may come suddenly or may be delayed. In either case, Jesus says, be wise, be watchful, be ready. And during that interim time, don't sit around unconscious or unintentionally focused. What Jesus very directly commands not suggests, is that there are bold and risky ways of using the very God-given gifts each one of us has received, not solely for the advancement of our own personal gain, but on the contrary, using one's God-given gifts for the common good, the good of all, not just the privileged few who look like us, behave like us, love like us, sound like us. Our gospel this week, a familiar one to most of us, gets down to the bottom line pretty quickly. And if we are honest, it is a gospel that is meant to afflict the comfortable while comforting the afflicted. So much of the parables we have heard proclaimed and preached over these past several weeks are intended to accomplish just that to afflict the comfortable, to shake us out of our complacency and complicity, and to unmask the very powers that corrupt even our own best intentions. Today, you and I stand in the very presence of Jesus to hear words of judgment, the description of sheep and goats, categories of dis-ease and complicit behavior that includes sin described for us in this gospel as unexamined ignorance. In the final chapter of her book, Short Stories by Jesus, Professor Amy Jill Levine concludes with a reflection on the power of disturbing stories. She writes this, Jesus told parables because they serve as keys that unlock the mysteries we face by helping us ask the right questions. How to live in community, how to determine what ultimately matters, how to live the life that God wants us to live. Jesus knew that the best teaching about how to live and live abundantly comes not from spoon-fed data or an answer sheet, The parables, if we take them seriously, not as historical portraits of real people, but as challenges to stereotypes we have constructed, help us to locate both our eccentric traits and our excellent talents. They can inspire and humble challenge and comfort. The parables, if we take them seriously, not as meaning, but as soliciting our meaning-making, how you and I make meaning of the impact of scripture on our lives, and if we allow ourselves to be open to various interpretations, become not tools of shaming or, un, or inculcating guilt, but they come, become tools for good, for learning hard lessons learned even with a sense of playfulness. And I would add, hard lessons learned, taken to heart, and converted into changed lives. Right from the get-go, you and I can get lost in this gospel narrative that begins with judgment and very easily slip into unconscious denial. Jesus insists that that neither you nor I should judge, and the criterion by which we judge others will be used to judge us. What Jesus presents in his instruction for how to set non-negotiable priorities is real. He sets before us a vision of what really truly matters in the life of a disciple. Professor Levine continues, Jesus understood that God does not play by human rules. Abba is a generous God who not only allows the sun to shine on both the just and the unjust, but also gives us the ability to live into what should be rather than what is. The parables help us with their lessons about generosity, sharing joy, providing for others in need, recognizing the potential of even small investments for the common good. How right it is then that the final gospel of this liturgical year commands us to make an examination not only of our conscience, but an examination of what motivates, inhibits, limits our attitudes, thoughts, behaviors, judgments, and complicity in upholding systems that deprive others from living an abundant life, a life worth living, a life finding its source in compassion and care, in reconciliation and restoration, in seeking and serving those who are suffering, hungry, naked, imprisoned, thirsty, sick, and outcast. Those who by our complacency and complicity are never afforded even the crumbs from the tables. In today's gospel, take a good, hard look at the goats. The fact of the matter is that they were not sinners in the conventional sense of doing bad things. In this gospel, the truth is the goats did nothing. They just didn't do anything to alleviate the suffering of their neighbors all around. They didn't even notice and if they did, their hearts were never moved with enough compassion to assist in alleviating the various kinds of suffering that they saw all around them. The language used on this Sunday, Christ the King Sunday, may be problematic for many of us. Even the word kingdom has often been modified here at Church of Reconciliation to kin wherein the truth of our lives as kin with all creation is at the very core of our faith. And thereby, it demands from us the seeking after and serving others in any kind of need or trouble. That is the only faithful way of living and following in the way of Jesus, the way of love. The irony is that Jesus never described his life and ministry as a king. We humans, in disrespect and sin, set that as his title on the very cross in which he gave his life. It says more about us than it ever did about him. We are once again here at Church of Reconciliation in the season of generosity, described as continuing the journey, and are confronted today by this gospel in uncomfortable ways ways that demand that we examine our lives from the perspective of the sheep and the goats. We are invited to discover that God is already outside of any circle you and I draw and the boundaries, the divisions, and the judgments that you and I can so easily make. We are called to exactly those places where people are hungry and naked, the thirsty and the imprisoned, we are called to those places to serve and to heal, to become the very hands and heart of the divine as vessels of justice, mercy, healing, and love. Even in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of the myriad divisions we have made and the judgments from every side, we must not remain ignorant or complacent as the language of social distancing swirls all around us. The needs of the suffering remain, and so we must notice and respond in love and compassion. These weeks here at Church of Reconciliation, and I said this on our adult formation screen this morning, you would be so overwhelmed with joy to see the number of folks, our neighbors, who come on to this. Beautiful campus, which has a ministry of its own, and now interact with Josh and Jennifer, myself and Erica and Rusty, anyone who is on this campus from these neighboring areas are finding the campus itself and perhaps, I hope, dear God, we ourselves, as sanctuary, safe places for all God's people to be, to become, hear and speak their truth and to be fed with whatever it is they need to be fed in their lives. The way of love, the way of Jesus redefines mission when we consider moving outwards into the margins and into the shadows, into the places that maybe are so uncomfortable for some of us, but we are commanded to go there. Because that move outward toward our neighbors is also, if you really understand our faith in Jesus Christ, is where God dwells, where the divine dwells in the shadows and in the sufferings of all God's people and all God's created order. So our willingness to leave our comfort zones, not only as we are called to serve, but to find ourselves in those places that offer us a glimpse of our own salvation if we have eyes to see as Jesus sees as we stand on the threshold of a new liturgical year, of new beginnings, of letting go and casting off the burdens that lie so very heavy on our hearts. And I know there are so many. They're on mine, too. What could be more surprising than a God who comes to dwell with us? A God who comes to us in the form of those hungry, Thirsty, imprisoned, oppressed, and marginalized. Perhaps in some of the ways you feel that way too. Those who still live in the shadows, we so often ignore or dismiss or never take the time to even notice. This pandemic does not give us a pass on compassion or servanthood ministry. My friends, be on notice this day. Who we notice, how we respond, what the attitudes are of our very hearts and souls are like really matters to God. Will we dare to pray, thy kingdom come, and reach out with hearts that are broken open to the healing restoring grace of Jesus Christ? Will you receive that from others as God desires to offer that to you in whatever ways you need? And then will you turn yourself right around and be a vessel, a blessing of that same healing grace and restoring love in this hurting and violent world. All of this really matters to God. Can we pray that, and really strive to be that, kin to one another, to all others in need or sorrow? Because, believe this, our very salvation demands nothing less because if you really pay attention to this gospel this morning, our very salvation hangs in the balance. Amen.